WebCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the Executive Director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Well, for a lot of people, uh, Labor Day means picnics or it means uh, going to Kennywood one last time. Or, But Labor Day has a more important meaning. Um, Labor Day is a celebration not just of people who work, but uh, of the labor movement itself. Um, where is the labor movement today? How is it evolving? Uh, we're seeing more and more digital uh, economy workers uh, joining the labor movement. On the line with us uh, this morning is Darren Kelly. He is president of the Allegheny uh, Fayette Labor Council. Did I get that correct, Mr. Kelly? You did, my friend. You did. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Not too bad. Uh, what are your Labor Day plans? Oh, our Labor Day. This this is uh, this is our national holiday. I'm literally and figuratively. I'm. We're proud to say we do have, um, by numbers, the largest Labor Day parade in the country. We're very proud of that, and that goes back to a lot of the roots. Uh, a lot of the traditions uh, in labor were founded in the city of Pittsburgh, tradition that we are more than happy uh, to carry on as well as we move into the next generation. We're very excited at what the uh, labor movement's doing here. Who, how many different labor unions does are, are part of the Allegheny Fayette Labor Council? Um, we have uh, well over 300 different locals, okay. and that represents pretty much every um, – Every walk of of this movement, like we say, uh, you know, we built this country, we service it, we protect it, we educate it, we power it. I mean, we do everything, and, and we're very proud that we represent such a wide spectrum. So everything from you, you utility workers to uh, service employees to uh, manuf- people in manufacturing. Absolutely. Yeah. Fire, um, service employees, all the building trades, all your public employees, federal, state, and local, a lot of your authorities, um, how your streets are paved, everybody you could think of. You walk down the street, you may take for granted you know, who is organized labor. Everywhere you look, uh, we're, we're proud of it. We, you know, we educate your children. Um, we clean your streets. Um, we take care of you at the grocery store. Everything you could think of, we're proud to be a part of it. We're, we're talking with uh, Darren Kelly from the Allegheny Fayette Central Labor Council. Council. You can find them online. Uh, just Google them. I think it's probably the easiest way. Uh, Absolutely. To get in touch and there'll with them. be plenty popping up about uh, about our movement back here. Uh, or you can call them 412-281-7450. Big story that uh, has been in the news here locally in the Pittsburgh area has been the vote by workers at the Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh uh, to unionize. Um, a lot of people uh, noting the irony, of course, uh, of a library named for Andrew Carnegie, who <laughs> <laughs> he, he f- considered himself I think a friend of individual workers, but was not uh, a friend to the organized labor movement. Um, does that signify anything for you that the, the library workers want to organize? Um, on multiple levels, my friend. First and foremost, the most important thing is the worker. And no matter what line of work you are in, you deserve the right uh, of great wages, access to good health care, retirement with dignity. Things like that, it does not matter what industry you're in. And we expect, and actually, to be quite honest with you, um, we, we demand more with an institution as, um, as great as a Carnegie Library system, minus taking the first name or the first part of that off. Because if, you, if you're a, a part of this labor movement, one of the biggest issues we expect you to learn your history, and the history of Andrew Carnegie was not always bright. 
No. Uh, and, to and put it mildly. Pennsylvania, to, to put it mildly. And um, sometimes when, when you get a, a, a dump truck full of money every couple of days delivered to you, you tend to be kind of nice to kind of cleanse your soul. With that being said, we have a lot of history, and a lot of it was, was paid with tears and blood that was dictated by him and his company, and we've never forgotten that. Uh, talk a little bit about that, because I, I think that's something that, um, you know, for, for younger folks, especially for folks who maybe didn't grow up in the Pittsburgh area when this when the, a lot of the private sector was unionized. Uh, talk a little bit about that labor history. You talk about it being paid for with blood. Um, the, the, when, when did the labor movement start to get started in the Pittsburgh area? Well, the labor movement has its has its roots here. You know, the CIO aspect of the AFL-CIO was, was founded here mm-hmm. in the city of Pittsburgh. And um, when we talk about things as we're getting closer to Labor Day, weekend, uh, 40-hour work week, overtime pay, OSHA, um, Family Medical Leave Act, so on and so forth. These are now part of everyday society that people think that's just something that came up through good government, and that is not that is not true. That is based upon the hard work of generations after generations of of men and women that fought for their right for their warm piece of the sidewalk of this country. And to mm-hmm. be quite honest with you, it was not easy. Um, the barons, you know, this look at the Battle of Homestead. We look at the Elikiski Valley where. Um, Fanny Sellins, we just uh, just mourned her, the 100th anniversary of her death. These were patriots that this was not a storybook. These people were multiple, were beaten to death. Um, even when it didn't include violence, it included in starving out families, harassment, intimidation, you know, bringing in the word Pinkerton. That's not a cliche yeah. in the city of Pittsburgh. No. That is a symbol of of big business crushing people that just tried to get their piece of the American dream. And what I'm afraid of, and I think it and it falls upon every American to teach labor history, is that what you have was not given to you. It was taken by men and women that a lot of times lost their lives to give all of us a voice, like you hear right now, mm-hmm. and a, a chance at the dream that a lot of them never had. Well, I, I think it was the great abolitionist uh, Frederick Douglass who said that power concedes nothing without a demand. Um, so what you're saying is it, it was the men and women, especially in the late 19th century, who demanded um, things like time off and sick leave and uh, vacation pay and and just having um, being paid 40 hours work for 40 hours pay, which, which my understanding is, um, especially in the early days, for instance, of, of some of the steel mills in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, uh, you weren't even guaranteed a day's work. You would show up for work in the morning, and they might just turn around and send you back home. No work, no pay. Um, and, and they would also just sort of pick people at the gate. Well, we're going to, you, 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 and you are going to work today, and the rest of you uh, can go home. And you can kind of think about how those, how, how these men and women felt. I mean, a lot of them were, were you know, a first-generation um, um, immigrants, and all, all they knew was to feed their family. Their sole duty was to feed their family. It took a very strong character and will to say, listen, I, I believe that I have a better place in this country, and I have to stand up. Because think about what they faced. They faced the fact that, okay, if I speak up, my family may not need. I may be evicted. I mean, right, these, right, these yeah. steel barons didn't just own the steel mill. They, they owned, owned the, the towns they were at. Yeah. They owned the police force, the sheriffs, the mayors, and so on and so forth. And it, it it took it took just such dedication, and we just can never forget. 
Uh, you referenced, we're going to have a break coming up here shortly, but you referenced Pinkertons. Talk about, if you can, a little bit, um, the history that happened at w- w- where now is a shopping center, basically. Absolutely. The, the waterfront over in Homestead. Uh, but talk about a little bit of the history that happened there in 1892. You know, I, I live literally maybe a quarter mile um, from the waterfront, as it's called right mm-hmm. now, and, and so many people come across the Homestead Hollow Bridge, they look down, and they see a shopping mall. But even in my time, um, that was the Homestead Works. It was it was kind of on its way out as I was getting older. But the Pinkertons were hired by by the um, by the Steel Baron, and they were brought in to break the strike, which led to the Battle of Homestead. And they were brought down. They were floated from a barge down through the homestead, and their sole purpose was to take back um, the mill and take and literally take the voice away from the workers, which led to a very violent struggle and, and deadly struggle. Um, and it's something that, it, 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 as time goes on, the headlines about it or, or the stories about it are shrinking and shrinking. Mm-hmm. We have to consistently keep that voice. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is Darren Kelly. He's president of the Allegheny Fayette Central Labor Council. It is Labor Day weekend uh, as you're listening to this. So uh, that's what we're talking about is organized labor and the modern labor movement. You uh, were telling me off the air that you are a union firefighter in the city of Pittsburgh, I, I presume. I'm a proud Pittsburgh firefighter. Okay. How, how long does the uh, International Association of Firefighters go back? Oh, International Association of Firefighters goes back. We just had our 100th anniversary, and okay. Pittsburgh is local one. Is we that right? We are the very first fire union in America. Um, it was determined between the city of Pittsburgh and the city of Chicago, and it came down to a coin flip. <laughs> Legend has it. Of course, none of us are around it, but it comes down to it. And the coin flip happened, and Pittsburgh had won, so we have the honor of being the first of all the fire unions in this great country. And we just recently redid the coin flip with Chicago, and we won that again. So fate, it was not fate. It was for troops. It had to be. I don't know if the Steelers are playing the Bears this year, but, geez, I hope it goes the same way that time. Um, I hope so. I hope. That's interesting to me because the uh, Fraternal Order of Police was founded in Pittsburgh as well. Isn't the Pittsburgh seal part of the Fraternal Order of Police seal? It sure is. It sure it absolutely is. The city crest is on um, their badge or their um, emblem, their, their it, national emblem. It sure is. Uh, that's interesting that both the Firefighters Union and the, the Police Union uh, were, were founded in Pittsburgh. Why do you think it is that Pittsburgh has become the cradle of the labor movement? Because the biggest thing about the city of Pittsburgh, if you look around, the city of Pittsburgh has everything. Um, and most importantly, I think, is our history is our strongest suit. And um, we believe that we are always, we always have and always will be the breadbasket of our country. And we believe that... You know, everything starts here. It's not being selfish. We just believe that because you have everything in this city. Think about it. Um, you know, you have uh, an urban area three miles outside. We still have areas that have septic tanks. Mm-hmm. You still have modern manufacturing, but you also have um, ghosts of our past that, that we're trying to rebuild. You have a little bit of everything in this in this area, and we um, and everything started here. That's the way we believe. 
I, I was um, we were talking before the break a little bit about the the Battle of Homestead, which was the the fight for uh, uh, union recognition at the Homestead Steelworks back in 1892. And uh, what people may not realize is the union was not recognized, um, although they the the workers pushed the the Pinkerton the armed Pinkerton security guards back to the river and, and, and in some cases uh, roughed them up quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the the union was not recognized, were they? They were not. But the most important irony to take out of that is, no, it was a very um, bloody um, labor dispute. They were not recognized at that time, but they never gave up. Mm-hmm. But it would, it would be another thir- 35 years, really, before the Steelworkers Union then was organized. Absolutely. They just kept, people kept going and kept fighting and fighting and standing their ground, eventually to the point where they knew it, was, it had to be that way. And but it, it, it came from, you know, from struggle and dedication and perseverance that well, you may beat us one time, but sooner or later we're going to get what we've earned. And that that's such that's the irony of that. It, even even in bloody struggle and and outsiders being brought in to literally beat people to death. Yeah. It was not enough. We're talking with Darren Kelly. He's president of the uh, Allegheny Fayette Central Labor Council. It's Labor Day weekend, and uh, we're talking a little bit about the history of the labor movement, but also uh, about what the labor movement is is doing today. Uh, on our website, Tube City Online, uh, a week or two ago, we had an article about uh, the former mayor of McKeesport, George Lyle, for whom Lyle Boulevard is uh, named, the big thoroughfare through the through the city, uh, which also has professional uh, organized firefighters. I don't remember what are they local thirty. I, I believe they are local ten. Local ten. Local ten. Local yeah. ten. Uh, also has professional firefighters, but um, not that the volunteers are not professional when they're professional, comma paid firefighters. Um, but um, the 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 George Lyle uh, was well known for bashing unions while he was mayor. Um, he the First Amendment uh, be damned uh, if you attempted to pass out union literature uh, in McKeesport in the nineteen tens and twenties when he was mayor. Uh, it was confiscated and you were put in jail uh, across the river over in Duquesne. Uh, I learned through my research, uh, the mayor of Duquesne, uh, when the steelworkers organizing committee wanted to hold a meeting there, he said Jesus Christ Himself could not hold a union meeting in the city of Duquesne. Um, so what, what started to change uh, for the labor movement in the 1930s? Strength and solidarity. Okay. It's exactly what it was, was as our numbers grew and our way of life um, started to grow, you started to get other trades involved in other ways of life. Before you know it, you have an army. That's, that's what separates the labor movement from different aspects of society is that we have a bond, kind of like a family. Now, sure, you're going to have a situation sometimes where you fight with your family. Come to my house on Christmas Eve if you want to see families fight. But try to get involved and take something from our families. Before you know it, everybody joins together. And I believe this, this is what happens not just then, but now is what is happening is unions are starting to work together more like they did in the 70s and 80s again. And we're very lucky to see that change here in Pittsburgh. Uh, we're talking with Darren Kelly, president of the uh, Allegheny Fayette Central Labor Council. What time does the uh, Labor Day parade step off on uh, Monday morning? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock downtown 10 o'clock. Pittsburgh. Um, but, but it seems to me that something else changed, and that was, was it the Wagner Act that uh, gave federal protection to labor unions? There, there's multiple, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that there's always been returning to serve back and forth. You know, you, you'll get some friendly administrations in and some congresses that will work with you on both sides. Um, you, you, you move a, a step ahead. 
Um, sometimes in other administration companies, you take two steps back. And what happens is that's we, it's an ebb and flow, and we have to stay on top of it at all times, always on our guard. Because this isn't politics to us. This is our lives. Mm-hmm. This is our families. This is our, our children. If, if we lose, our children don't eat. We don't, you know, we don't get wages to, to support an economy. Everything falls down. I mean, you're from, you know, you're in Amon Valley. You know yep. what happens when that happens. Yeah. We're in a situation now where we're not, the days of taking and stepping back in our movement are over. We're moving forward, and we're, this is the bar, and we're moving from the bar. We're not staying on it anymore. What are the challenges that the labor movement has faced um, under the new federal administration since 2017? Uh, there's, I, I, we can go for, for hours on that, <laughs> but I, I think it goes a little bit further back. Okay. I mean, it's not even so much our elected officials as it is big business. I mean, okay. I don't need to remind your uh, listeners a little bit about what Citizens United is, mm-hmm. and that is the, the court case that came down that says corporations are people and people are protect, and corporations are protected by the First Amendment. What that means is corporate America can dump hundreds of millions of dollars in every election and not fall within the rules mm-hmm. under the First Amendment. Well, that's crazy. You know, and that's why Washington, D.C. and a lot of uh, a lot of our even local chambers anymore have became a baskin for lobbyist craziness. And a lot of people ask, well, why am I seeing such an increase in uh, commercials when I'm watching the football game that says, you know, support this candidate paid yeah. for by this. I said, that's Citizens United. Let me let me play let me interrupt you for just a second. Let me play devil's advocate go because the 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 opposing viewpoint would be, well, labor unions can dump money into elections too and, and they have for years organized to to support candidates. How is that different? Without a a doubt. And you know what's funny is that you can add up every labor union all in one, put all of our money and all of our lobbying resources all in one, and we're still not even in the top 40. So it's a a question of scale and of proportion is what you're saying. You could could say it is that, but you could also, you know, it's it's one of those things that will never change. And politics will not be balanced until that does change. You know, you, you have so many different voices, and the electorate doesn't know where to go. That's the crazy thing is it that goes in so many different directions. We're talking about Labor Day weekend and about the organized labor movement. And you are listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport here. We'll be back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email tubecitytiger at gmail.com. Welcome back. Our guest for a final few minutes is Darren Kelly. He's president of the Allegheny Fayette Central Labor Council. Uh, you can find information about them. Just Google Allegheny Central Labor Council. You'll find it. You can go to pa.aflcio.org and click on the Allegheny County link, or you can call them at 412-281-7450. You said they represent about uh, 300 different local unions, about 100,000 uh, union brothers and sisters. Is that right? Okay, I'm just for just for the record, just for people to know, I'm uh, UAW local 1981. Oh, um, beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Love to hear that. Long time member of UAW local 1981. Um, when we took the break, uh, we were talking about um, 
I've been talking about some of the uh, the st- struggles and challenges and obstacles that were overcome by the labor movement um, with the decline of American manufacturing, which is where a lot of private sector union members were uh, beginning in the 1980s uh, through the 90s through today. Unfortunately, um, we've seen the union membership in the uh, manufacturing unions go down, including in, in mine, the UAW. What, uh, what are the challenges of organizing people who are working retail jobs or who are working on websites or digital jobs where a lot of people would think that the labor movement is struggling in that end and that is absolutely not true we are organizing uh, groups all over america in the digital field you know with, with google and uh, things of that nature where it, this is these these are well educated um people that are a lot of them are coming out of college with a lot of debt Mm-hmm. A lot of them yep. are um, what we call them boomers or millennials. It really it doesn't matter. Well, and a lot of them probably don't, a lot of them are coming out. You know, the 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 dream of my parents' generation, uh, both my parents uh, in labor unions, um, was that you worked a job, you retired from there, and then you had a defined benefit pension plan. Sure. Now, for so many of us, if you don't have an individual retirement account or a four hundred one k or a four hundred three b, you have no retirement. You have nothing, and that is leading. That's leading a lot of young men and women to say, first and foremost, I, if we, what's happening here is wrong, first and foremost, and if we truly want to change it, we have to do this in a strength in numbers. And then with that strength in numbers, we have to have that organized, and nothing is better than organizing under um, organized labor, men and women that are that are used to doing this and we're finding that our brothers and sisters in the steel workers and our brothers and sisters in SCIU and our building trades and even our public sector yeah. are are organizing left and right and we're not going in there um you know demanding crazy things you know we're not find me a union member that's greedy because he wants a fair wage <laughs> or wants health care or, or once they retire with dignity, that's not greed. That is what our democracy and our country is about. And just like we're we're not against you know trade, we want trade to be fair. Let me we do- want our country to benefit from trade deals, not to be exploited. And that's no different than any other industry. These these men and women just want their piece of the American dream, and they're sick and tired of starting to count. Of life at zero and two. Let me let me let me jump in for a second because we're we're getting short on time. I, I'm wondering though, what is the difficulty of, for instance, organizing in the retail sector where uh, people are, are maybe changing jobs frequently or organizing? I know fast food workers um, have been uh, trying to get organized, and, and it's, there's a lot of turnover sometimes in these fields. Um, how how does the labor how is the labor movement able to? Uh, respond to those kinds of fields where, A, workers maybe are making minimum wage right now, and I know there's a fight to, on to increase the minimum wage, and B, maybe you're changing frequently so that by the time you collect the, the signature cards and people vote to join a union, some of the people have left and moved on to other jobs. Well, now, number one, it's challenging because yeah. it is a higher turnover rate, and organizing them and, and helping them get better wage, that will take away a lot of the turnover. And this is where uh-huh. uh, this yeah. is a benefit of, you know, a, a stable employee is a happy employee. A happy employee is a productive employee. A productive employee makes your company money. That's the point that we're trying to make. In the situation with the minimum wage, a lot of people say, well, if you go to $12 an hour, it's too much, or $15 an hour is far too much. My point of what I, I've been testifying all around our region on is that mm-hmm. it's not that that is too high. It's the bar is too low. Yeah. 
How do you how do you expect a bar as low as seven twenty five to dictate anything for wages? We're not even. Keep, I mean, this is absolutely insane that Pennsylvania is behind all. Every state touching us is much higher than us. It's about raising that wage up. So we set the bar higher. When you set the bar higher, you allow people to get some type of financial footing and financial stability to plan out their future. Not everybody starts in a job making sixty, seventy thousand dollars an hour or a year. We all start. A lot of us started in in what people would think in menial. It's not menial jobs. This is where a lot of us had to start. And we're just trying to get ourselves straight financially so we can, you know, possibly have children or, or, or think about a home or think about an apartment or something of that nature. Yeah. We need to have that. Let, let me ask, uh, as, as we're coming to the end of the half hour here, let me ask, if somebody's listening to this and uh, you, you said a happy worker is a productive worker, a productive worker is a stable worker, um, I, I have worked jobs that were not pleasant, that the sure. management was bad, that the ownership was bad, a lot of turnover, for instance, in, in, in one place that I'm thinking of in particular. I'm wondering what, for someone who's in that situation, who maybe is, is trying to decide, you know, I'd like to organize, we'd like to have the protection of a union, but I'm not sure how to go about it. I'm afraid that if the company finds out that I'm, I'm talking to a union, that uh, I'm going to be fired or punished, or what they call constructive termination, where they just make you so unhappy that you eventually quit. Um, if, if somebody is in a situation where, hey, there's a group of us and, and we would like to get organized, what, what should they do? How should they keep themselves safe and, and who should they talk to? Well, number one, if they have any questions, they can always call this office okay. um, to talk to them about what their options are, um, where they can go. Um, what unions specialize in their field of work, which is very important, mm-hmm. because you're right, a lot of our younger people don't know the direction. That's where we fall in, that we would give them the guidance to help them decide whether it is their or their um, area is right for, for a bargaining unit to try to come in. And um, we would talk to them fairly, talk to them with confidence. Um, we've all been doing this for a long time. And uh, the last thing we want to do is see any human being get in trouble for trying to organize their workplace because it is their American right to do it. And if they're targeted for it, there are ways that we can help them in that uh, angle as well. But nobody should be harassed at work. Nobody should work in a, a workplace where they feel threatened. Um, there are options, and we're here to help them find them. I, I I'm, uh, wanted to ask you very quickly before we uh, uh, let you go, and, and it seems to me that, you know, what unions organize their line of work, my union, the United Auto Workers, I'm a writer, but yep. we're organized under the United Auto Workers. There are Teamsters members who are uh, police officers. There are graduate students now teaching at universities who are still members of the Steelworkers Union. So Absolutely. just because you, you, you may think that, well, it's got to be with this union because it's, it's in their name. They, they, why is it that the unions have, have been able to cross over those traditional boundaries? Well, it, it, all, it all looks at like where their table of authority would be. Okay. And some, some places are specifically what they can and can't organize. Okay. Um, others are a little bit more vague, w- which allows them to uh, explore different options. Other ones have a stronger uh, footing in the areas than, than others. And there's, there's multiple, okay. multiple varying aspects of it. But one place for people to start to get more information, at least, would be uh, with your office. Phone is always on. Give us your phone number and your website address one more time, please. It's uh, phone number is 412-281-7450. And the direct, um, direct website is unionhall.aflcio.org. 
uh, backsplash Allegheny County. And uh, Monday morning, if they want to uh, get the best place to watch the parade, uh, where should they be? Starts at 10 a.m. Parade route starts at Center Avenue, goes down, makes a left on Grant, and goes a right on Boulevard of the Allies. There's plenty of spots available. It's a big parade rack. Come on out and watch the, world, the nation's biggest um, Labor Day parade. Elected officials Governor Wolf will be here. National President of the Service Employees International Union, Mary Kay Henry, will be here. Attorney General Josh Shapiro with all the other elected officials. It's a great time. Come out and see who makes your country work. Uh, Darren Kelly is a professional firefighter for the city of Pittsburgh, member of Firefighters Local Union 1, and is president of the Allegheny Allegheny Fayette Central Labor Council. I don't want to leave our friends in Fayette County out of that. Uh, Mr. Kelly, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Thank you so much. I'll come on anytime you need me and enjoy your holiday. And thank you all for listening today from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. This is Two Rivers 30 Minutes. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.